Come on, North Central. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on, anybody love the Lord in this place? Come on, if you love the devil, be quiet. Ah, I said if you love the devil, be quiet. That means make some noise because you don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you may be seated. I know it's early. I know it's early. I was just like, I don't know what to do right there. Well, blessings and greetings. It is so good to be with you all uh, this morning. And uh, thank you, President Hagan and John uh, and all your leadership, Pastor Josh and uh, Pastor John, for the invitation, just for being here. Uh, you guys are a fiery bunch. My God. <laughs> I love it. Amen. And uh, don't ever take for granted what you have here. And, uh, you know, what you what I've seen and experienced this morning. I was a student pastor many years ago uh, in a neighboring state, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my hometown. And and uh, come on, we got Mealtown in the house. Woo -woo. <laughs> and uh, and I used to make frequent trips to North Central um, because I believed in its mission. I had students that attended here a long time ago and uh, students that were on the edge, not sure what they wanted to do in life or where they wanted to attend after high school, I would, uh, you know, wholeheartedly make recommendations that they would attend. And so I just don't want you guys to ever take for granted that what you're experiencing here uh, is happening everywhere. It's not. And uh, so enjoy your time here, your tenure here, and, uh, and the trust that, uh, that God is going to set you up to do great things uh, after you leave here. Amen. Hey Amen. Well, real quick, uh, you know, like I said, my name is Warren, Pastor Warren Curry. Curry spelled just like the food or the dishes or the spice, but the exact same way. Let me help you out. No, I'm not related to Steph Curry, okay? I'm no relation, no relation. I wish no relation, all right? And I get asked that all the time, amen, and, and uh, no relation. And uh, moved uh, 12 years ago this month. Uh, the Lord spoke to me in a dream, March 1st of 2006. Uh, very clearly with an instruction to relocate my family to Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, to plant a church uh, that would change lives for his glory. And uh, that was a shell shocker to us. Uh, we didn't, I had never been to Cincinnati. I didn't know anyone there. Uh, probably the, mo the majority of you in this room are too young to remember. The only thing I literally knew about Cincinnati was three things. I knew about the, the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds. I knew about the Bengals. And I knew about this old show called WKRP in Cincinnati. Y'all have no idea what that is. <laughs> That's the only thing that I, that I knew about Cincinnati. And, um, but God had, uh, you know, uh, divinely placed a burden on my heart for that city. And in about three and a half years after that visitation, uh, God gave us the green light to relocate. And, uh, and now our church uh, will be 10 years old, uh, first Sunday in October. And we have seen God do miraculous uh, things through so many people's lives uh, uh, as a result of our obedience and willing to say yes and to go. Amen. And, uh, and part of this success um, uh, that, uh, that, you know, has come from um, our ministry um, has been a direct result of CMN. Um, I remember when uh, President Hagan was uh, serving, he was pastor in real life uh, in Sacramento around that time when CMN was just a very fledgling and new organization around the time uh, around our relocation. And, uh, and the, the, uh, I serve as a coach for the network, 
And so this flagship event that we have now that trains church planters and planting teams, it's called CMN Launch. And back then it was called Boot Camp. And it was five days, Monday through Friday, eight to five. And it was training uh, planters and their teams uh, to prepare uh, for what was next. And, um, and so without CMN's guidance and help and support, along with the guidance, help and support of many others, uh, we definitely could not have reached uh, the, the, the people that we've been reaching or reaching our city. So uh, just hats off uh, to CMN. And, and if you guys are ever considering or prayerfully considering uh, anything after your, your studies, um, you know, give a, give a look at CMN. You don't have to be a pastor or a planter. A church planters plant best in teams. They need teams. They need worship leaders. They need children's pastors. They need creative directors, so on and so forth. So, uh, so don't just, when you hear the term church plant or church planting, don't just write that off because you're not a planter or a pastor. Uh, you know, give prayerful thought and consideration, and I guarantee you that God will speak to your heart. Amen. So if real quick, um, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me really quick to Matthew 24. And as you're doing that, I just want to uh, also just acknowledge uh, my wife. She coaches with me. Uh, she is not with me uh, on this trip. She typically, we typically travel together, and uh, we believe I have a, a picture of them that I can show my crew. This is the Currys. We roll deep. There's six of us, my oldest son, Caleb, uh, over here to the right. Uh, the girls on the bookends are Rachel and Ramaya. They're twins. They're, they turned 18. They graduated uh, from high school this year. I went to prom. I was all a mess about uh, some boy coming to knock, ring on my doorbell, talking about they want to take my daughter out. I was jacked up about this. So they're freshmen at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, Joshua leaning on me is my 15-year-old. He's a sophomore. We've got Jonathan over here. Uh, he's 12. He's a seventh grader. And y'all see the boss in the middle. That is Zion. Amen. That's a little Zion. She's seven-year-old, a second grader. She's our only Ohio baby. I had two babies when I moved to Ohio. I had a baby called Life Changers and a baby called Zion. And uh, so that, that's my crew there. Amen. All right. Turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, uh, whatever, you, whatever you have, your, uh, your tablets, your smartphones, regular Bibles. I'm going to read um, a couple passages here and, uh, and then uh, share the word. Uh, it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, uh, referencing Christ, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name stating that I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Someone say, the end is not yet. Let's try that again. Say, the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are but the beginning of birth pains or contractions. Listen, this, this passage uh, is, known, is, uh, is a very known passage. It's re referred to as the Olivet Discourse. Um, it's known not just in uh, 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 educational institutions as um, an eschatological passage that might be giving inference to things of the end or end times, 
um, but it was, um, it's been highlighted uh, throughout the years uh, where Christ was giving instruction uh, to his disciples, to his followers, uh, concerning what he was predicting prophetically uh, concerning uh, the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And one of the things that he, uh, you know, when they were inquiring, well, Lord, how will we know this magnificent, beautiful temple that we are witnessing uh, with our very eyes? You're stating uh, that this is going to be, it's going to be decimated. It's going to be destroyed. Um, how could something like that occur? How could something like that transpire? We cannot fathom that. We cannot wrap our minds around that. And so when will this time come? And so he begins to uh, enumerate to them uh, a, a variety of signs that would point to the time that was coming. Let me say this to you. Y'all know that signs point to something or signs also point to someone. Amen. And so just like he was stating in that passage to his followers about things that were going to happen that were um, specific or exclusive to their times, isn't it crazy the parallel uh, of what we have seen, what we are witnessing, what we have seen, what we um, are currently seeing, what we will see, uh, the, eerily, uh, the eerily parallels uh, that have happened in his times that are also happening in our times. Amen. Um, you know, no one needs no one needs any kind of reference or manual um, or you don't have to do a Google search um, to find out what happened last year in 2020. 2020 was a hot mess. <laughs> My God, so many preachers and pastors, we would all we were all predicting Hey, 2020 is going to be a year of clarity, going to be a year of vision. It's going to be a year, you know, where uh, prophetic this and all of this. And we had no clue that all of our eyes were going to get poked out. Right? We saw what happened with the onset of uh, the pandemic. And uh, then you saw the political upheaval. And uh, you saw all of the racial hostilities and things of that nature, and you know, you know firsthand full well that because it happened right here in your own backyard and, and all of the chaos that, um, that came and ensued after that. And then you would have thought that it would have been uh, more than enough to just to close 2020, hey, let's just get on to the next year. But here we are again with the, with the, the stuff that's happening in Afghanistan and uh, the 7.3 magnitude earthquake in Haiti just about a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, here we got Hurricane Ida and it's come. I was watching the news this morning and uh, they were talking about there are over a million people without power and they probably will be without power for weeks, if not more than a month. And I just could not help but to think um, how, how people were being affected uh, with COVID and people that are sick that are in hospitals, and if a hospital has no power, that's a problem. Amen? So you've, you've seen all of these things. We've seen all of this drama and wars, you know, uh, liberals against conservatives and Republicans against Democrats and black against whites and, and, and Apple users against Android users and <laughs> wars and rumors of wars. Just so y'all know, Android users are the best. Amen. <laughs> somebody opened the back door. Somebody opened the somebody opened the back door that run out just in case y'all start to stone me. <laughs> but one of the things that is uh, interesting about this passage that Jesus was talking about and teaching was his constant reference to signs. 
was his constant referring or reference to signs that were going to point to something. And if you know anything about signs, you know the signs is not something that is um, uh, that 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 God is very familiar with. Um, it was as it was the result of signs that caused a great deliverance to happen to the nation of Israel. Four hundred thirty years they were in bondage, and supernatural phenomena commonly referred to as signs was the key or the catalyst that thrust those the entire nation of Israel out of bondage and out of captivity and into freedom. Uh, you saw when Jesus burst upon the scenes with his ministry uh, that, that he was able to arrest the attention of the audiences and hold them captive because of the signs that God had anointed him to perform. You saw the apostles performing signs, and you saw deacon and deacons and evangelists in the book of Acts uh, performing signs. So signs have great significance, and they have a lot of weighty impact because they give direction to the directionless. Can you imagine being on this campus and this campus having no signs? As many times as I've been to Minneapolis, right, well, I flew in yesterday, and the GPS, thank God for GPSs, kinda-ish, regardless of what app you're using, maps, ways, what have you, I still was heavenly dependent upon the signs on the highway which were going to show me and point me in the direction, come on, that I needed to go to. Come on, have somebody help me, somebody. Hallelujah. So signs are important. If there are no signs, right, there is, there's going to be confusion. Amen? And so I want to highlight to you one additional sign that we have not talked about yet that's in Scripture. Take, turn with me real quick to Luke eleven twenty nine through 30. Luke eleven twenty nine through 30. Hallelujah. And when you get there, say, I'm there. If, you, if you're not there, say, wait, preacher. Too late. I'm already gone. Luke eleven twenty nine and 30, it says, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, Jesus began to say that this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah, watch this, became a sign to the Ninevites, so will also the Son of Man be assigned to this generation. So what's interesting when we read that text is that not only is supernatural phenomenon like tongues being assigned to the non-believers that Scripture teaches and, and Moses performing signs and miracles and wonders, but Jesus also tells us that people's lives can be assigned that will point the directionless into a certain direction. Hallelujah. That was my story. Minnesota, not only this city, Minneapolis has a special place in my heart, but the state of Minnesota was because there was a period of time about 20-something odd years ago where I was a resident in this city, um, well, not in this city, but in this state, and it was during my time in Minnesota that I got a lot of direction and signs that were pointing me from where I was to where God was calling me to be. Unfortunately, it was not in the educational institution, a great one like North Central University. It was a couple of hundred miles north in a prison institution in Duluth, Minnesota. 
where when I was a directionless young person and God kept sending me the sign of my father sharing the gospel with me, telling me, imploring me, son, God's got a plan for your life. Don't keep wasting time because God has called you to be a sign. But I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And as a result of that, I ended up incarcerated, 22 years old, finding myself in prison in Duluth, Minnesota, just a few just a few hours from here. And it was in during that period of incarceration, 20 months, that God began to speak to me about the call of God upon my life and giving me direction because I wouldn't follow direction when he was sending me the signs previously. I want to encourage you today that just like Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites and Jesus, beloved, was assigned to the Jews, I believe with all of my heart that God has called you to be a sign to this generation. That your very life is a sign. That your very lives, what made you the person, the young man or the young woman, that didn't tap out and, and die uh, prematurely through suicide? What caused you to make it while others did not make it? Because you're a sign. There were young men that I knew from my city that got, got 40-year sentences and 25-year and, and, and sentences committing some of the same crimes. Why was God merciful to me? Why they got certain sentences handed down to them is because I believe that God knew in the future that I was going to lay my life down to be a sign. And so as you are here, y'all, as you are here, during your, your next, however, two years, three years, four years that you're here, wondering, Lord, why am I here? Some of you might just be here just because your parents sent you here. I don't want to be at this school. I don't want to be at chapel. I don't want to be around this spit and preach. I don't want to be around none of this. Could it, be, could it be that God has set you here and is placing signs all in front of you to, to grab your attention so that you would respond accordingly and lay your life down and be willing to be a sign? Think about, the, think about uh, the prophet Isaiah and the conversation that God was having with the Godhead and saying that there was crisis that was happening in the nation. And they said, who are we going to send? Who will, whom will go for us? And Isaiah responded. He said, here I am, Lord, send me. Because sent ones are a sign of God's love for a lost generation. That people are willing to respond to the call of God that is upon their life and not treat it as something that is trivial and happens chance. Hallelujah. I heard, I heard someone say uh, once that people are born and raised up in the time that they're needed most. I, it's not a coincidence by a long shot that you all are in this school while you're here, learning what you're learning, being impacted by these services, receiving the impartations, the wisdom, the relationships that are needed, that we're going to thrust you out in the next seasons of your life so that because of your obedience and your willingness, people's lives will be radically changed. The course and the direction of their lives will be radically changed because of your willingness to say yes. Hallelujah. Well, listen, I want you to stand all over this room, and, and there might be some that are here today that maybe you don't know what it is that I'm called to do. 
When I was 22 years old, I didn't know. I was, I was unaware. I was ignorant. But that doesn't have to be your story. Hallelujah. And so if you're here and you are uncertain or unsure uh, that, uh, you know, what it is, what's your purpose in life and what it is that the Lord has called you to do, I want you to come just down to the altar and just allow me to just pray with you and believe with you so that God will help to refine your vision, give you additional clarity and direction, and that you would be willing to say yes to going wherever the Lord calls you and wherever the Lord chooses to send you. Hallelujah. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for those that are here today. You can come if you're here and you want prayer. Father, thank you for every, every generation, every lineage, Lord, that is represented here. Father, in the midst, Lord, of a cultural crisis, Lord, I thank you, God, that you are raising up your servants, these young men and young women, Father, to send them as a sign and a solution to the societal ills of our day. Lord, I thank you that you are supernaturally endowing them with wisdom. Just lift your hands as you're here at the altar. I thank you that even now that you are supernaturally endowing them with wisdom and giving them knowledge and understanding. In the same manner, Lord, when you called Joseph when he was a young man and you called Moses when he was young and you called uh, your servants Jeremiah and, and Samson even before they were, uh, they were young and before they were formed in their mother's womb. Lord, I thank you that you're no respecter of persons and what you did for them, you'll also do for others. And so, Father, I pray that you would, you would continue to visit this generation and give them the courage, confidence that they need, Father, to respond accordingly and to be this a sign to their generation. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, uh, uh, school, are you guys praying? Why don't you just pray? You guys pray for them. Be a sign to your generation. Give them clarity. Father, give them wisdom. Give them understanding. Give them additional direction. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, Lord, for righteous leaders. Righteous leaders, Lord, that you are raising up. Righteous leaders, Lord, right here in this room. Hallelujah, Lord. Arrows that you are shooting out, God, to hit the mark. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for your pastors. Thank you for your academians, Lord. Thank you for your evangelists. Thank you, Lord God, for your prophets. And thank you for your righteous judges, Lord God, and leaders. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for those, Lord, who have care for our children and will raise and train them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Thank you for those that you've anointed to sing the songs of Zion and create music, Lord, that will usher in, Lord God, new moves of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for opening up... Their understandings, Lord. Hallelujah. And we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. For who you are, Lord, and what it is that you desire to do. In Jesus' name.